Hey, welcome back to What We Started EDM, where we speak with producers, DJs, labels, managers, really anyone in the EDM industry that can help us learn and grow. I'm your host, Ted, and I talk EDM. Today, we speak with Mecca, a tropical house producer from Santiago, Chile. In this episode, we talked about how to create a clean mix. We talked about strategies to get over writer's block, and we talked about the importance of leaving your comfort zone. You do not want to miss this episode. Awesome. Thanks for joining me. I'm here with Matias, and I want to start the interview by learning about how you got into music in the first place. Like, What's your background in music? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, mate. Uh, it's very cool to be here. Um, you already had some cool guests. So, yeah, I'm a bit nervous, but also very excited. And sorry for my English. Uh, it's not my native language, but I'll try my best, mate. Um, yeah, a bit uh, about the question. Um, well, I've always liked music. Um, when I was like 10 or 11, I had some piano lessons uh, in school. But I quit like two weeks later, uh, so that uh, doesn't help me at all. But more like in the EDM scene, um, you know, like when you're younger, uh, you listen to music, uh, but you don't pay that much attention to what are you listening to. So yeah, I think it was it was like 2014 or 15, and I remember a, a friend of mine actually showed me Animals by Martin Garrix. Um, Obviously, uh, you should know that. Yeah. And um, I love that track. Uh, that was like one of my first times actually hearing electronic dance music. And from there, I just started exploring, you know, and listening a bit more. Songs like Tsunami, Pyramids, Wake Up, Wizard, that uh, actually was the follow-up to, to um, Animals with Martin Garrix. And... All these tracks that were big back in the day um, uh, got me into EDM, you know. And I started listening a lot to Skrillex and watching all the festivals like EDC, Ultra, Tomorrowland, and all that stuff. So uh, I was having so much fun and really like discovering discovered something that a, a music genre that I enjoyed so much. I remember I got so into EDM that. I, I downloaded Virtual DJ. I don't know if you if you know that. No. Okay, it's, it is a super basic software where you can DJ in your laptop. Um, and yeah, I started playing some tunes there. Just me and my laptop, no DJ equipment or anything. But yeah, it was so fun. And I also um, learned how to control DMX Lightning. Um, and yeah, that's a bit how I got... I got into music, not into producing, but but into the EDM scene and and into, yeah, into music. Yeah, man. So your friend introduced you to Martin Garrix, specifically yeah. the track Animals. Exactly. And from there, this, this passion from EDM specifically just kind of grew. And then, and then how did you decide, oh, I want to maybe try and, and make the music myself? Well, um, as I was saying, I started DJing before uh, producing, and I think it was 13. Um, right now I'm 20, so uh, it was seven years ago. Uh, I was watching all the big EDM festivals, and um, one day I just asked myself uh, how the big ones do this, and why can't I do my own music? 
So I went online searching for softwares where I could do my music because I was just DJing, you know, uh, DJing. Uh, basically, you're mixing tracks done by other producers. Um, so yeah, I went online searching. Uh, I think I probably searched what the pros used and what Martin Garrix and all these stars uh, used. And and uh, I got into the FL Studios website. And it's my actual door, actually. So I downloaded the the demo version of FL Studio, started messing around with things, you know, tweaking knobs, uh, making drum loops, and, and showed that to my friends. And not going to lie, the first year of tracks, and not even tracks, just random stuff, was yeah. absolutely awful, you know? The, just like an egg bar drum, drum loop with some random synths or anything. Um, but yeah, I showed that to my friends, and they were like, yep, this is cool. Um, and... And you know it's 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 very like I was the first one to actually know how to produce in in my school, um, so so that was like I don't know how you say it in English, but like yeah, I, I was the first one. Um, yeah. But I got so interested um, that I started watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. Um, master classes and anything I could find just to improve my sound. Um, for me, I learned everything from YouTube. Um, like YouTube is my school, and I think you can learn anything from YouTube if you have the passion for it. And yeah, I was having so much fun creating, and, and so from there, you start getting better and at producing, like improving your sound and getting more and more into mixing, sound design, and more advanced stuff like that, you know? And But yeah, that's a bit how I got into into producing. And the first things I did was some remixes that I still have on my SoundCloud, I think. And and yeah, that was the first things uh, that I did. Awesome, man. So you started producing around the age of 13, and you said at first... It wasn't it wasn't that great, which for anyone just no. starting out, obviously, <laughs> it's going to not be that great. Um, but at what point, like how long, how many years did it take for you to listen to your music and decide that it was good enough for you to, to release, to actually put out there on SoundCloud? Um, I think my first track uh, that I like, make it public on SoundCloud was around 2018. Um, I was 15. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 15. So I think I got into music um, and one year later, I just decided to put, to to release a, a my first um, remix. It is a remix for Noah Callahan called Hurt Somebody. And it's it's still on YouTube. You can, you can check it out. It's not that good, but but I have good memories from that. Yeah, I showed that to my friends, um, and even they played it uh, at a music class, because in school we have a a um, subject that is called music, and they played it there, and the professor uh, like asked me, yeah, you made this, and I, I was like, yeah, I made this. And my friends like the track, so... Um, but the point where I think uh, my music like got better and, and stuff, I think it was uh, probably when I started releasing on Spotify, and that was like in 2020. Because, um, yeah, I think 
because uh, I was learning all this stuff from YouTube. And I think that process can be a bit um, slower than learning, for example, from a school or, or something like, um, uh, yeah, basically slower. And uh, um, sorry. Uh, well, and you know, you start in 2020, I think I met a collab with a French guy called Sunshine and it's not on um, on Spotify uh, yet because I decided to put it down because I was not happy with the with the result but um, yeah I think I started learning so much and learning and watching all of you a lot of YouTube tutorials and stuff and at one point I just said like I think this sounds cool I want to share it with with the world you know mm. and uh, and yeah, I think you sometimes you just have to to think, fuck, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I think the point is just when you feel comfortable with what are you making, and obviously it takes some some years to to improve your sound. Mm-hmm. But then once you feel comfortable with it enough to put it out there then you get to share your, your music with, with other people, with your friends, with the world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you said that you were the first person in your school to learn how to produce music, right? Yes. Yeah. Was that like a, a cool thing or did that make you like a cool, like popular in school? Being able to produce? Uh, no, no. Uh, but I wasn't like a weirdo uh, either, you know. Um, well, I've, I've always been like um, like normal dude in, in school. Um, but that actually was, my friends were proud of what I was making and, and they were happy, you know, because sometimes I just grab my, my friend's voice and, and make a job out of it or, or something. And, and that was fun. But, but no, I, I, I wasn't cooler or anything by doing that. Um, but yeah, basically that I, my my life hasn't changed. But but um, some friends and some people um, like re- reach out to me to to ask me how I did it and how I learned to produce and stuff. That that uh, happened. Mm, so maybe you are like an inspiration in some ways to other people that want to do the same thing. Well, um, I would like to think that. But yeah, uh, no, I think it, uh, just like a, a starting point to them, because a lot of uh, people in my school were passionate about music also, um, and they are making music right now, uh, other genres. But, but yeah, I teach them some like the basic stuff, and from there they just start getting better. But most of them are not producers; are just rappers and and stuff. Um, but yeah, they know like the basis of producing. So yeah. Awesome, man. So you started putting music out around the age of 15. Did you do anything to promote your music to try and get people to listen to it? Um, yes. Um, and actually, that helped me a lot. Because I don't know if you, if you check my, my, my Spotify. But I have a song called Missing You who reached a hundred 
thousand streams. Yeah. And I, I am going to give a, a little tip for producers. Um, um, I think it's very important to make a good marketing with your releases. It, it's very important that your track sounds good, but also to share it, you know? Um, and what I did was um, I went, um, for example, uh, on Spotify, and I make Tropical House music, so I just searched Tropical House music, and um, I put the playlists uh, that Spotify showed me. And I was looking for some kind of email or Instagram where I can reach out to the people behind the playlist. And, you know, I just wrote them, I like an email saying, yo, I'm Madga, a producer. Um, I am, I don't know, 19 years old. And this is my latest, my latest track. I want, um, I want you to, to check, to, uh, check it out. And same thing on YouTube. I just went and, and searched Tropical House Mix and filtered that by, by a month. And so you, uh, so you can see the latest active channels. And just, I just sat like for an hour, um, for an hour a day, writing emails to different playlists, uh, YouTube channels, um, to see if they can listen to my song and, and maybe feature it in, the, in their YouTube channels or add it to the Spotify playlist. And in 90% of the cases, they will not answer or they will ask you for money. And in case you have the money, I think it's okay to spend a little bit uh, on the promotion. But there are still some good people um, who can share your music just because they liked it, you know? And that's why what happened with my release, um, Missing You. Um, I I reached out to some channel on YouTube and I got uh, an email back like a week later saying, yo, we like this track and we like it. We would like to feature it on, on on our YouTube channels and Spotify playlists, and it was like a big uh, record label. And yes, I was so happy, and and they added to uh, added to different Spotify playlists, and and it went to a lot of YouTube channels, and started getting a lot of uh, Spotify uh, plays. And yeah, that's a bit how uh, how I I promoted my music, you know. Because in Instagram I'm I'm low, not very active or anything, but but yeah, you should uh, like give you some time to promote your your releases. Like try to reach out to people who can can help you. Awesome. So you put the time in and really just reached out to a bunch of these YouTube channels and, and Spotify playlists, and like you said, a lot of them never even responded. Or a yeah. lot of them wanted payment. Yes. But some of them were like, yeah, we want to put this out. And that really helped your track. Like you said, it's over 100,000 plays, which is crazy. Yeah, man. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, those were very kind people to me, you know. Um, and actually, I released a track uh, one year later. And I reached out to them like, yo, this is my, new, my newest track. Uh, hope you like it. Um, you can check it out if you like it. And they check it out and they also uh, uh, featured it in their YouTube channel. So yeah, I'm very grateful for them. Um, they are called uh, Universe Deep or something like that. They're like a big YouTube channel uh, 
community and stuff. That's so cool. So that these the same channel that posted your music before, you reach out to them again and they're still supporting you? Yes, mate. Uh, that was amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's all because you put yourself out there and put the time in to reach out to them. Yes. Yes, I think it is very important to, to do that. Because no matter how good your music is, like you, you still need people to, to hear it, to listen to it. And yeah, mate. Absolutely. And and it's difficult when, when you start to, to get plays, you know. Um, last year, I, I released a track called Another Love, and it, it has like a, a thousand plays. And... And and yeah, I tried to to contact uh, this YouTube channel again, but they didn't respond. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard to to get people to know you, and and but yeah, you just need to, you know, it's very important to produce a, a good track, but it is also very important to do the promotion of the track and and all that stuff. Awesome, man. I want to go back to the production. Uh, you said that you've been producing for about five years and your music has gotten a lot better, more professional sounding. And do you have any like tips for producers that like things that really helped you with your production? Um, yeah. Um, I like that question. Uh, well, I think something I've learned not that much time ago um, is sound selection. I think sometimes less is more. And when you're making, um, for example, a, a lid, you're layering different different sounds to make it uh, sound bigger, right? Uh, to make it sound fuller. So it's better to have uh, three well-picked sounds than seven layers just like randomly um, chosen to make it bigger. Um, because you, you have to make sure that, that those layers are working nice with each other. Uh, they are not clashing. And you have to make sure also that every layer does add something to the lead. Um, you can try this uh, by playing the lead and m- muting one of your, your synths, for example. If the, the lead sounds exactly the same, I think you're just wasting CPU and... And yeah, if you have a lot of layers, they're going to fight for space in the mix and clash with each other. And that can lead to a bad mix. And and I think it's the same with drums. Uh, like about some time ago, I just threw some drum samples uh, in the playlist, like clap, hats and stuff, and not knowing like what I was doing. Um, for example, I wanted to create a, a clap for, for a drop and I layered like, five claps and you know that I think it's better to layer two claps or maybe just one clap and yeah. but now I take the time to select the right amount of samples and create some groovy drums with less samples um, that way you also have more control and more space and, and your mix and you can achieve a, a, a better mix and yeah another tip um I think, well, I EQ everything, you know, from the main elements like the synths, vocals, and chords to the last tiny details, um, some weird sample or anything. 
most of my EQing is just basic stuff, like cutting so very low frequencies to keep a clean low end and, and cutting or putting down some nasty frequencies. Um, I don't know if it's right to do this, to EQ everything or not, but in music, there's no rules. And for me, it works. And that way you can achieve a cleaner and a clean mix and a more even more cleaner low end. Um, but try not to overdo it because otherwise your mix can sound um, like lacking of high frequencies or sound muddy. Um, so you you want to avoid that, you know? Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I think anyone that produces music can relate to both of those, especially the the first one where less really is more. And I think every beginner does this, the same thing that you did. I did the same thing where I'll add a bunch of stuff into the mix without really having a, a clear purpose for why I'm adding it. Like you said, you layered like five claps. Yeah. It's because like, <laughs> let's make it sound big. Um, but you're right. You need to make sure that if you're adding something to your mix, like it has a, a purpose, a, a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Like other you have to know, um, what are you doing? Yeah. Like if you do something, you need to know why and what yes. is it. Yeah. Can I ask you, uh, are you a producer too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also yeah, right. more of a beginner, but um, yeah, I produce. Yeah. How, how much time are, are you in right now? I started in 2020. So oh. a little over three years. I started at the start of COVID. Which okay. a lot of people did too, yeah. Yeah, and and which genres uh, are you producing? I mainly produce different kinds of house. Like mm -hmm. I like uh, piano house and oh, I like, like melodic house, melodic bass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like some Sigala stuff and something like that? I like Sigala, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's very cool. I, I've tried to, to make uh, some Sigala tracks, but it, the drops were lacking of energy so i didn't release that it is interesting because I, his drops seem like they're very like maybe not minimalistic but um like not a lot going on but also very high energy yeah exciting it's interesting yeah, and, and that's something um because i mainly produce like tropical house and tropical house uh, has like a slower bpm and some sometimes it's it's hard to, you know, fill up the space because, like in progressive house, for example, or hardstyle, you're just like a kick every, every second. Uh, it's super aggressive. So when you are like in a slower tempo, you have uh, more space uh, between kicks, and you have a, lo a lot of t space to fill. And sometimes in tropical house, it's it's difficult to make it sound uh, big and energetic because um, of the BPM, you know? Uh, and yeah, and, and Sigala, I think his tracks are more like 120 BPM. But, but yeah, the pianos and all that stuff that he made are, are very energetic and it's very cool. I think it's a very good producer. How do you fill out the track then when you make Tropical House? When it's a sub BPM, how do you make it sound big? 
Well, I think it's very important to have like a good drums. Um, but also I play a lot with reverb. Um, for example, I released a, a remix like a month ago um, for Victoria Nadine's song Habitures. And I think all the energy uh, for from the drop in that track is because of the pianos. And oh, I, obviously there's a lot of mixing, you know, OTT and uh, Kickstarter and stuff. But, um, you know, sometimes you can feel those gaps or, or those space, uh, that space with reverb. And, and yeah, the pianos, like super strong pianos, like Nexus piano pianos, um, you can feel it well with the vocal chops also because, yeah, making a Tropical House tracks without vocals, um, it is hard, you know, because uh, you don't have like vocals to, to, to feel to fill the space. And, and also, I was what I was saying earlier, um, the drums, I use a lot of... Um, like ear candy, you know, some um, tambourines and, and, and things, some sweeps, anything that can keep you in jail. In, I don't know how you, how you say it in English, like in, in, engaged. I think engaged is the right yeah. word, definitely. Yeah, like to the drop, like um, you still have to pay attention to the drop. Yeah, keep you interested. Exactly, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, because like a lot of the faster paced music, really all they need is like a kick and uh, yeah. some kind of snare. And because it's yeah. so fast, it, it fills everything out. But, but th that is, is also um, a bit more difficult to mix, you know, because you have a lot of elements. So they're clashing with each other and you have like a frequency spectrum that um, every instrument or every synth, it, it's it's trying to to get his own space. And yeah, I've tried to make like progressive house, and right now um, I'm making a tro a progressive house song, and it's sounding uh, cool. But when I was like two years ago, uh, my mixing was not that good, and making progressive house, having so much elements in the drop, was a big problem for me. And so yeah, it is it is hard to to mix sometimes like the up tempo uh, genres. It is hard. Like, how do you how do you avoid having a, a muddy mix? Um, I think if you EQ right, and going back to what I was saying, the less is more. And for example, in the track that I was working in, I just have like some drums that are very basic. I suggest a kick, some claps, rides, and that's it. And the drop just consists of some synths for the lead and chords and the bass. And if you mix uh, and you don't have like a lot of reverb going on and, and anything, it's you do like the you have a clean low end and you do the, you use the kickstart well. Um, I think you can achieve a, a a great mix without being muddy. And also you can. Uh, like in the final stage of production, like in the mastering, you can add like um, a boost on the high frequencies just to, you know, make it sound crispier. Mm. Awesome, man. Now, I want you to, to walk through your workflow. Like, how do you go about 
making a new song? Um, well, it depends a lot on uh, on the song on the song I'm working. Uh, sometimes I I start with the drums. Sometimes I would start with a vocal or a sample that I that I like. But most of the time, um, what I do, um, I just start with a chord progression, you know, on a piano, and I write a top melody uh, on it. And when, like, I have, like, the idea of the song, I just start the arrangement. Uh, normally, I will, I, I would start with the breaks and later with the build-ups to bring, like, tension up and to finally make the drop. Um... And I also do the mixing while I'm producing and making the track because there's a lot of producers um, who mix their tracks like after they compose like the whole song, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't know, there, there's not a better way to do it, but I just like to keep, my, uh, to keep mixing the elements while, while I'm making the song. I'm, I'm used to that. I think you, you, um, you have more control or anything. I think if you mix like in the end, um, your mix can sound like a bit crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I mainly start with a chord progression and a, and a melody. But I also love uh, like working in the drop first. Like when I have a, like a drop idea in my head. For example, my song "Another Love" that I released uh, last year. Um, that song, just I I wrote like the melody. And instantly, I just went to make the drop. Um, but yeah, and in the final stage of the production of a song, I like to polish like the tiny details and, and yeah, and master the track. But as I was saying, it de- it depends on the song, because for example, uh, in uh, uh, my remix for for Victoria Nadine, um. I just started the track. Well, I was listening to Spotify and I loved the, his voice. And I started the track with with his vocal, with her vocal, sorry. And, and yeah, from there, I just like grab a contact because I don't know how to play guitar. So I just like the contact lit libraries and just play a guitar, um, arrange like the chords for, to, for the guitar. And yeah, start building, building, up like the track and what I do um, it is like a Kygo um, tip it's just, I have a, a um, MIDI keyboard and I will I chop like a part of the vocal that I like to make vocal chops and I just start messing playing around with my keyboard until I hear something like that I like or that c- caught me off guard and, and yeah and pitch it up sometimes some some of the notes or pitch it down and yeah just like that you're composing like the melody for the drop and that's the the way how we did it for 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 the remix you know just playing around waiting for 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 something to sound cool and and yeah you just write it down and yeah from there you just start um working and polishing the the details right so you took uh, like a vocal chop, part of the vocal, mm-hmm. and then started playing that as like notes on your MIDI keyboard. Well, um, well, I, I grab like the chorus uh, of the of the vocal, and there's um, 
you use uh, do you use uh, FL Studio or uh, other? I use Ableton. Oh, Ableton. I've, I've tried Ableton. Um, I think it's it's very cool because it is more intu- intuitive than other DOS. Um, but in FL Studio, there's a plugin called um, Fruity Slicer. Mm, yeah, so, yes. yeah. It slices like the vocal, and and if you play a note in in the MIDI keyboard, it, it will play like the chop, uh, uh, very the, the chop vocal. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just add a like a little reverb, a, a kickstart, and start playing, um, like that. Yeah, that's it. So that is you said a Kygo tip too. Yes. There, he'll just play it, and then he'll find something that sounds good. Yes, exactly. And who do you know the song "Higher Love"? It's like bum ba dum bum. Yes, yes I love it. Kygo. Yes, it, it is Kygo. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like exactly what you're talking about. Like he just played around, yeah, keyboard until he found something. Yes, man. Um, he does that, and he has some great uh, tutorials on YouTube. You should. I don't know if you have checked check it out, but let me write it down. Yeah, no, <laughs> I have not seen any of uh, Kaigo's tutorials. No, you absolutely have to check that out. Um, uh, he has tutorials like for I'll wait. Um. I think um, freedom and that also have focal chops and stuff. And, and yeah, his tutorials are amazing. And he also uh, re- released like a, a production course, but I have not bought uh, that. Uh, sorry. Because the production course costs money, I'm assuming. Yes, like uh, 300 bucks. So it is. Oh, it, yeah. It is. I, the price is a bit high. But yeah, yeah. it's a Kaigo trick. Uh, it is very interesting, and a lot of tracks actually use that. Cool, man. And you mentioned that you learned a lot from Kaigo's YouTube videos. Are, are there any other YouTube channels that you can think of that were helpful? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot. Uh, well... The first channel that I was uh, that I w- started watching was Edwin, but I that was like some more basic stuff. Um, but he is an amazing guy. He taught me a lot. Um, but like YouTube, YouTube channels, I'd say Big Z is an amazing. Oh, Big Z, yeah, yeah, it's it. amazing. Um, I'd say uh, let me think. Well, uh, in YouTube, I'll, I I also watch a lot of Martin Garrix uh, master classes and a lot, a lot of uh, Stamp Records uh, artist master classes and I can't, rem- I can't remember right now well uh, Jonas Aiden I-, I don't know if you I've seen Jonas Aiden's videos yeah. too I forgot about him yeah yeah. Now nowadays he's Aiden Foyer but back in the day he was uh, Jonas Aiden and yeah he's an amazing producer and and his videos are amazing also. So yeah, those channels, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I have like a uh, a name in my tongue, but I can't, uh, uh, I can't remember. But yeah. No worries, man. You gave us plenty of good examples. Big Z, yeah. Martin Garrix, Jonas Aiden. You said now is Aiden Boyer? Yes, he's releasing uh, under another name. 
Qu'est-ce qui qu est making like uh, not electronic dance music uh, like some other genres, but oh, also, oh, also very cool music. No, I had no idea. I'll check that out after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know about any challenges that you faced on your journey in, in music production. Does anything come to mind, like anything that was preventing you from growing? Um, yeah, I think the, the number one challenge uh, I still have to deal to this day is producer's block. Um, I think it's important to take breaks if you're burned out. And one thing I do to face producer's block is I have a MIDI folder uh, called uh, MIDI files where I store chord progression, random melodies, or anything that comes to my head, but I never work in. And sometimes when you're burned out and nothing comes out of your head, you can take a look to those files and find something that you like because um, you forgot about those melodies and you know he he hearing, hearing those melodies again can get you inspired and also listening to your favorite music um, that also can get you inspired and yeah another um, like challenge uh, it's being so perfectionist mm -hmm. I think that pushing yourself, it is good because you always want to improve your sound and, and, and production. But for for me, that also leads uh, to not finishing tracks. And that's a big problem, you know. Uh, I think every producer has that problem. Uh, I have tons of files of just unfinished stuff. And uh, the reason but uh, why that happens is you get blocked on the current project you're working in. So you start another and uh, another idea and it goes like that. So what can help you to finish stuff is to set deadlines to your projects. Like even for myself, um, I was working on the, on the Victoria Nadine remix and it was almost complete, you know? And I was like, okay, but uh, how do I finish it? I, I need to add something more and yeah, and the time just goes, the time, the clock never stops, you know, and so one day I just, I was like, you know, I have to, to get this done. I, so I just polished like the, those last tiny details that I didn't like and start mastering the track and, and yeah, I think I, I achieved a, a cool, a cool, uh, a cool sound. And, um, this is not uh, like that related to producing, actually, but I think a big problem also is the fear of what people will say about you, or like leaving the comfort zone, because um, it's it's so comfortable to stay in your comfort zone, and it's super cheesy to say that, but um, it's it's uh, comfortable to not take not take risks and for me as an example it, it was hard to take this interview because I was like overthinking um, like well my English is not that good um, I am not like the biggest producer out there so um, but and it's the same with music like the other day I was coming back from college and I was actually listening to one of your podcasts 
Uh, oh no way! Yeah, man, uh, I I love it. I learn a lot from your for your from your podcast. I think you're you're doing a really good job, man. So, but um, I think it was uh, Gosh Father, and um, he mentioned um, like you have to get things done, and I still dab a lot of. I don't know, should I release this track or should I not? Should I continue making this genre or or even am I good enough? And yeah, I think, um, and what also Goshfather said, uh, that we should start caring a bit less about what other people think and just like do our thing. And, and as I said earlier, you know, fuck, let's do it. But yeah. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, I, I one I really appreciate you coming on here. <laughs> Don't need to be nervous, man. Your English has been perfect, and you've already you. provided so much valuable insight, like for me alone. And I'm sure anyone else listening, like, has already learned a lot from this. So yeah, man. And I think you offered some some very valuable advice, like for example, with the the writer's block. I think you're exactly right. Like sometimes you'll open up your, your DAW and you're just nothing will be coming out. And then having some kind of inspiration there, like you said, you have your MIDI pack or even just listening to music from artists you like can really help you push through and figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the deadline thing too is super helpful. Like if you want to finish a song, commit to the time when you want to be finished with it. And then you exactly. with it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Want to talk more about your, your production? Like mm-hmm. you use FL Studio and yes. you already talked about uh Fruity Slicer. Now, what are some other tools like plugins, whether they be stock plugins or plugins you purchase? Like what do you use often? Um well, actually, uh, a lot of plugins. Uh, for since I love Serum, um, I think it's my favorite plugin. You can do a lot of stuff uh, from there, from a, a guitar to a, like a super acid synth. Um, but I also love using Silent for uh, basses and chords, and and for like the real instruments, uh, I use Contact. Uh, as I said before, I used contact for the guitars on my remix, and um, they have contact have amazing, super professional libraries. And I also do, I also use Labs. I uh, definitely recommend that one. It is a free plugin, and it contains pianos, strings, choirs, etc. And also True Pianos. Um, it, it is very cool, and. BBC Symphony Orchestra. It is uh, very cool, also, and I think it, it, it is free. And like more like in the mixing plugins, um, I use a lot of Baharum. I love that reverb. is It is amazing. Um, I was using the FL Studio native reverb. That it's also great. But I was watching a Jay Hard Hardway um, masterclass, and he said like, "Yo, you should." check this plugin out like Bahala Room it's really a game changer in, in your reverb so I tried it out and 
it is an amazing plugin. Um, I still use, well, I use OTT a lot for the pianos and codes. I think it is a very cool plugin, also free. Um, Kickstart, uh, I use a lot of Fab Filter stuff like uh, Fab, Filter, Fab Filter, Saturn, um, Compressor 2, uh, Limiter 2. And for EQing, I use the FL Studio native one also. Um, it is very cool. But you can use the the fault filter. I think it is called Q2 or something like something like that. And yeah, I I recently been using the Telectronic, the Telectronics compressor that was free for a month. So yeah, it is it is very cool. Uh, I also use Alter Boy. Uh, Mm-hmm. For my vocal chops and for weird p- weird p- pitching or things like that, and like more well, pancake too. It is a um, for panning your your elements. For like in the master track, I like to use end- endless smile. Um, mm-hmm. You because yeah, in the build up you can turn like the knob up and it gives like a super cool effect. Also, um, Ozone Imager 2. Uh, yeah, I think those are my... Ah, also, Fresh Air. It is a very cool plugin to make your sound uh, a bit crispier. Awesome. And that was like a ton of plugins. I had to check that. <laughs> awesome. I wanted to talk about... You said you were collabing on a track with a, a French guy, right? Yes. How how did that happen? Like, how did you meet this guy and and decide to collab on a track together? Um, I don't remember that well because it was like uh, just we started that track in two thousand and nineteen, and uh, I think he stopped making music. Um, but I think it was from a Reddit post actually, like. I search in Reddit um, like EDM collapse or something like that, and this guy answer answer a, a comment, uh, and yeah, we just started talking in Discord, and and he he sent me a track that he was working on, and and he asked me like, what you think about this? And I was like. Yo, this is very cool. We should add this and 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 this, and yeah, from there you st- we started talking like from messages and and start building something, uh, send, sending emails back and forth, um, new newer versions and and yeah, I think I was like two years into product into producing, so I I wasn't that good, but it was a good opportunity also to to learn from a more advanced producer and yeah we decided to to put that out and it went pretty well and that's the track that i i was not um that i was talking earlier that i was not happy with so i put it down but uh, you can still uh, find that on on youtube and it's like a progressive house on to a jump nice man do you think you would consider collabing with people in the future as well yeah absolutely i I, i'm looking forward to to do it uh uh, i think you learn from each other 
a lot and sometimes like combining like your generous or your uh, knowledge about music it is very cool and can uh, result in very cool things so yeah I'm very open to any collab or anything awesome man so yeah one you you learn a lot from this other person yeah two maybe your track is a lot more than it would have been if it was yes and some for example uh, if you're stuck or blocked in in a track like another person can can give you an opinion and maybe that producer can add something that you never uh, thought in adding to your track you know um so that is very interesting because uh, I think, yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah, man. And exciting. Exciting too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I want to know about the future. Like, where do you see your, your artist project going? You want to keep producing music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, right now I'm in college and studying uh, business and uh, economics so it is sometimes it is hard to to produce uh, for example today uh, I I got back from college like uh, very late and didn't have I'm sometimes I, I get back and I'm like exhausted so I don't want to make music but um, yeah in the future hopefully I would love to to be able to live from from this you know I live from what I love doing and like a lot in the future I would like to start like a record label um, that would would be so cool like do you know like chill your mind I do not know oh okay well I, I love that record label not also not just the music but like the vibe and and the message that like you know chill and live live life um yeah i think uh, there's so much talent out there and i would like to help uh, those upcoming artists and in in a future record label um i will also like to start like a platform where, where i could sell preset packs or sample packs um because i'm trying to learn a sound designing and and, and stuff um but like more in the short term I would love to start building like a bigger audience, you know, and to in- engage more listeners. And I want to start releasing more consistently because um, I have a year without uh, like an official Spotify release now. Um, but yeah, so uh, as I was saying, which uh, with college it is hard, but I am like one month. Um, in one month, uh, I will be on holidays so yeah uh, on that time I will produce a lot of music um, I would like also to start an alias uh, where I can release like more tech house or minimal house uh, maybe even melodic techno or something like that and and I think that I, I would like also is to start ghost, ghost producing I don't know if you if you know what that is yeah for other artists yes mate exactly and just to earn a bit of money and, and you know stuff like that and also some tracks that I I produce 
but I think like it doesn't fit my style or something or that that I, I don't like a, a lot. I would like to, you know, sell th those ideas. Um, but yeah, that's a bit how I would like to be in the future. Awesome, man. That's exciting. Like so much yes. to look forward to. Perfect. Well, awesome, man. I think, thank you for coming on here. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. It's great to meet you. Um, can you tell everyone listening where they can find your work? Like your Spotify, your SoundCloud, your Instagram? Um, yes, of course. Um, to everyone listening. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me again. It, it is a, a big pleasure. Um, people can find me at Spotify, Apple Music, um, as Madga, and SoundCloud or, or YouTube, uh, Madga as well. Um, I will definitely recommend uh, anyone listening to check out my Spotify, um, sorry, my SoundCloud, because I have a lot of remixes uh, that I can't put out on, on Spotify. And I think, like, in SoundCloud, it is, like, the real Madga, like, my real sound. And, um, yeah, you can find me also in my Instagram, uh, Madga Music. And, and, yeah, just if any collab or anything, you, you can just send me a message and I'll be, I'll be happy. Awesome, man. Thanks again. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Just search What We Started EDM. If you would like to reach out to us, shoot us a DM on Instagram. It's at whatwestarted.edm. Thanks again. Catch you next time.